Riding Freedom, Chapter 6 What cheer stables in Providence, Rhode Island, teemed with activity? There were plenty of passengers to carry, as well as parcels of mail and strong boxes from the bank. Charlotte settled into a busy routine, caring for her horses and her passengers. She was partial to the women and children, always respectful, and giving them the best seats. The occasional grumbling men didn't complain too much, because the talk was they were riding with the best and safest driver on the whole Atlantic coast. Charlotte didn't have time or cause for worry until one morning when Ebenezer handed her the manifest with the list of passengers. She froze at the name before her. It couldn't be the same Mr. Millshark, could it? Carefully, Charlotte peeked out from under her hat and studied the group of people standing near the ticket office. There was a group of women, two children, and one gentleman. The gentleman was Mr. Millshark, one and the same, dressed in a handsome gray suit. But something was peculiar about him. He had grown taller, much taller. Then Charlotte noticed the fancy boots with high heels that made him look bigger than he actually was. Suddenly, Charlotte felt 12 years old again. She knew she'd never have to go back to the orphanage, but her heart told her that there was more at stake. If he discovered her, he'd make sure people knew who she was and what she'd done. Once word got out, it wouldn't matter how old she was or how good a driver. Customers wouldn't ride with a woman. When Ebenezer saw Charlotte standing there still, he said, Charlie, get to work. I'll get the rear boot, said Charlotte, and she began loading the baggage in the leather storage behind the coach. She tied the overflow baggage on the roof of the carriage, double and trickle, triple checking the knots. She felt jittery, and her forehead broke out in beads of sweat. She took out her handkerchief and dabbed at her brow. Ebenezer handed her the paperwork. You look like you've seen a ghost, he said. I don't think I can drive today. What are you blabbering about? The mail's got to go through, same as them passengers. Then Ebenezer looked over at Mr. Millshark. He studied the man, and after a while, a feeling of recognition settled over him. Could it really be the same man from the orphanage who had come looking for a runaway girl some years ago? Ebenezer put his hand on Charlotte's shoulders. Now listen, don't you pay them passengers no mind. You are what you are. And what you are is a fine horseman and the best coachman I ever saw. You remember that. Under the circumstances, there ain't nothing left for you to do but your job, so get to it. Charlotte looked square at Ebenezer. Ebenezer looked square back at Charlotte and said, You're the coachman. You're in charge, so load him up. Charlotte pulled her hat down lower over her face and tied her kerchief over her nose. She hoped Ebenezer was right. All aboard, she yelled. Charlotte seated the women first and put them by the windows. 
Those were the best seats. Then she put in the children. Do you have a seat for me, good man? asked Mr. Millshark. You can squeeze in on the middle bench with them children, said Charlotte. Could I persuade you with a few fine cigars to let me ride up top, since I'm just going to the next town? he asked. Charlotte hesitated. She didn't want to argue with Mr. Millshark any more than she had to, and any reputable stage driver would never turn down a handful of cigars. Certainly, she said stiffly, and climbed into the box seat, keeping her head turned away. Pleased with himself, Mr. Millshark climbed up and sat next to Charlotte. Thank you, he said. It'll be a pleasurable ride for sure. Two stock tenders brought the lead horses out, positioned them in the traces, and handed the ribbons to Charlotte. Next came the swings, the middle horses in the lineup, and last came the wheelers, the horses closest to the wheels. The stock tenders released the leaders. Get along, my beauties, yelled Charlotte. With a flick of her wrist, the stagecoach lurched forward, and Charlotte carefully maneuvered the stage out of town. She allowed the horses to pick up speed. The coach began rollicking across the countryside, veering th down the dusty road. Thoroughbraces, three-inch straps of leather, hooked to the axles, cradled the carriage like a baby in a hammock. The coach rocked back and forth. The passengers on the inside bounced around on the padded seats, but up top, where Charlotte and Mr. Millshark sat, there was nothing but a wooden bench. Mr. Welsh Millshark wedged into the corner of the box seat, held on to his hat with one hand, and clutched the narrow rail with the other. Charlotte knew every twist in the road. She knew when she could speed up and when she should hold back. She remembered Ebenezer's words, You are a fine horseman and the best coachman I ever saw. Go in a little fast, aren't you? yelled Mr. Millshark. I know my horses by heart, and I'm not one for bad driving, so hold tight, hollered Charlotte. Nervously, he said, You're the boss. Giddy up, she yelled, giving the horses more rein and enjoying this moment, this power over Millshark. She loved the thrill of being the master of her team. Charlotte looked at him. He seemed pitiful, hanging onto the rails for dear life. Why, she wasn't even going that fast. She knew which roads might be flooded after a rain, which roads might be cluttered with branches after a storm, and which were muddy. A few days earlier, on this same road, she got stuck in a mud bog near Jensen's farm. Today, she would have to go around by another road to miss the bog. But suddenly, she felt some childish urge for revenge and had an idea. She gave the team a loud whistle and drove them directly toward the middle of the bog. The stagecoach mired in the doughy mud, but Charlotte wasn't worried. The passengers weren't in any danger, and she'd still get them to their stops on time. Well, if that don't be all, said Charlotte. We're stuck, said Mr. Millshark. 
Let's get her out. You get some brush under her wheels so I can guide her to the other side, said Charlotte. I beg your pardon, said Mr. Millshark. I'm the only one who can drive this team. Them women in the coach are only good for cooking and sewing. I need a strong man to help me, or else we might be here till this mud dried us up. I'd recommend taking off those fancy boots and those fine stockings, though. Mr. Millshark reluctantly peeled them off and got down from the coach. He sank in the mud up to his ankles. He picked up his feet slowly, sinking farther into the mud with each step. He dragged some tree branches over and placed them under the wheels of the stagecoach. Inside, the coach was cozy, paneled with brass wood and lit with oil lanterns with brass fittings. The small windows had leather shades that could be pulled down to protect the passengers from weather or dust. "'Pull down those window shades, ladies,' Charlotte yelled. "'Don't want you to get muddy.' Trying not to chuckle, Charlotte stayed up in the box seat and worked the horses back and forth. Each time the wheels turned, Mr. Millshark got sprayed with mud. Finally, Charlotte maneuvered the stage out of the bog and waited farther up the road than she needed for Mr. Millshark to catch up. "'Good man!' said Charlie. "'Thank you.' Mr. Millshark climbed up top but didn't say a word. On the way back to the next town, Charlotte drove as fast as was safe. When she glanced at Mr. Millshark, he looked pale as milk. It was hours later when Charlotte stopped the stage. "'Well, here we are. First stop,' she said. "'My boots,' said Mr. Millshark. Charlotte looked around. "'They were here, sure as I'm here,' said Charlotte. "'They must have dropped out on the way. "'That's a pity. "'Well, I suppose we could go back and take a look for them.' "'No,' said Mr. Millshark. "'I mean no need.' He held out a coin and said, "'If you see those boots again, I'd appreciate you retrieving them. "'They were specially ordered. Very expensive.' "'Yes, sir,' said Charlotte. She took the coin and hopped down from the seat. She pulled off the kerchief from her face and busied herself with the baggage. Mr. Millshark was covered with a dry crust of mud and still complaining about his sore bottom and loose boots.' He climbed down and came over to Charlotte. Charlotte looked at him, nodded, and handed him his bags. A glimmer of recognition crossed Mr. Millshark's face. "'You look familiar,' he said. "'Oh, that's what lots of folks say,' said Charlotte, and she hopped back up in the box seat and readied the horses before he could respond." Mr. Millshark had a puzzled look on his face as he walked, barefooted, into the hotel. And hidden in the leather storage were a new pair of boots for Ebenezer. <laughs>